0: Brought to you by the Center for the Arts of Greater Pier. The PIX Podcast showcases the best of the PIX Theater and Gallery 194's featured artists, musicians, and entertainers. We are the center for all things art and entertainment in Greater Pier. Here's your host, Jill Lynn Lyons.
1: Welcome to the PIX Podcast. And our guests today are members of... Generation Art, the Generation Art group, for those that don't know, is the equivalent of the Center for the Arts Youth Advocacy Council. There are lots of YACs in and out of Lapeer. Lapeer County Community Foundation has one, and I believe the city of Lapeer also has one. And so when we developed ours, we wanted to have a different name. And so the original founding members came up with the name of Generation Arts. And today, my guests are Addie, Trevor, and Noah, who are the playwrights and directors of The Night of the Bazaar Three Stories of Mystery and Suspense, which is our first realized generation arts project for this year. And this is all being done by. The three of you pretty much you guys have written it and now you're directing it and so that's a lot (laughs) how is it going first and foremost how is it going it's going well it's kind of stressful I've
0: never done anything on this compressed of a timeline but I like everyone that we're working with everyone is super enthusiastic and so I'm excited to see it get going
1: so is it is this the first time of writing a script for any of you?
2: I have kind of written scripts before, but never one that I expected to go on stage, and never one is like thought or like as like that I've thought about as much as these ones are as <laughs> are as well thought out. But this is probably the first like legitimate script that I've written.
1: So, and actually, Noah, yours is an adaptation of an episode of The Twilight Mm. Zone. We should probably clear that up, that all three of these one acts are inspired by the series of Twilight Zone. Trevor, what about you? How are you finding this?
3: Yeah, I have not written really anything for fully through before, this, so this is my first time through, and writing something that had some idea of mystery and suspense was just great experience overall, and yeah.
1: <laughs> so there is an old saying, and it's a very old saying, and it's probably not a proper saying, but that the best playwrights to work with, the best Playwrights for directors to work with are dead ones. And that's being said because you've written something, you've created it, it's your baby, and then you have to kind of turn it over to, in the theater, you have to turn it over to all these people to take apart and reinterpret. So for your first one, you guys get to hang on to it a little bit tighter. But you still have to be open to interpretation from the actors. How's that going? Is it what you expected? Has it changed? Has it brought anything to light for you?
3: I think it's actually kind of difficult. There's some spots in my script specifically where I've always imagined it one way. And then every actor has just taken a completely different path, which works completely fine. And I was actually surprised how well it worked but it's just unexpected and a little bit bothersome, but it all works
1: out. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I think you just deck up the words of every playwright ever to see their work produced. <laughs>
0: what about you, Addie? You feel the same? Yeah, I do. There are spots in my script that, like, you know, the actors will have an idea about, like, some gesture or a different inflection of saying the line that I never thought of. And I'm like, wow, that's... And it's just really impressive and really good. But it's definitely weird being in the director's seat, especially when, like, something doesn't go the way you imagined. It's just, it's really kind of weird, but fun.
1: How have you found the communication process, Noah? Because as a director, you have to, well, you've kind of got the, you're trying to get through the essence of and get the actor's And yourselves all in one vision. How's that going for you? It's
2: definitely been a process, like from the because the pitch itself was definitely a lot different than like how the show has turned out now, which is great because it's a lot more unique and just special now that it's like fully realized with all the actors on board. But it is strange going from like actors like we were and now telling people that's kind of been an adjustment and getting them to realize what you want as a director while also realizing that they can add their own like unique, you know, traits into their character as Eddie and Trevor mentioned.
1: And how is it now, now that you guys are up on your feet and you've started to block? It's kind of
0: a challenge. Let's say, especially because we have a couple major set changes. We actually built some of our own set pieces. And so Yeah, blocking, we always kind of had an idea of what we wanted, but actually doing it, I just there's kind of a lot, so I hope people remember.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot different when you get on your feet and you get in the space than what you had in your mind, and I should probably tell our listeners that you guys are doing all of this on your own. You have, obviously, the support and the backing of the Center for the Arts, but it's a lot to have to come up with the scenery. The costumes and the props and direct all at once, as well as being the playwrights. I mean, this is a big challenge and I'm very excited that you guys have just taken the opportunity and you're running with it, but you also kind of go, wow, I didn't realize <laughs> is there any of that happening?
2: Yeah. Like after, like the, after 2023 hit and we really went full steam ahead on this project, it went from being like scripts that we were, that were like basically done and we were going to get blocked eventually. And then it was like, we're blocking this because you just kind of have to start, even though it is kind of a lot to just suddenly start the project. But it was definitely an adjustment at the beginning of the year, but it was also <laughs> really exciting because especially like the first practice, just seeing people on stage for the first time was really cool.
1: And I think, Addie, you mentioned that it's it's a lot faster than what you're used to. Yeah. Um, why don't you explain? what? Because I'm assuming the majority of your experience has been at school and school productions. Is that correct?
0: Yes. And my school, actually, I go to a smaller school. We have a gymnatorium. <laughs> so our rehearsals are pretty much limited to Saturday. So we rehearse every Saturday for months and so the play is almost the whole school year and it's in April so this I know this is how most shows are in other schools too it's a very compressed timeline it's just a couple months and
1: that's it so <laughs> it's very different <laughs> yeah actually yours is the only school I know of that takes months to to do a show which makes sense but that's got to be really difficult to keep the excitement going or to get to get ramped up to do it until like maybe march <laughs> I would think, mm-hmm. would be like oh that's i'll worry about that next week <laughs> yeah <laughs> so now are all three of you seniors are you all graduating this year yep yes yep, yep. have you decided what you're gonna do when you graduate
2: i have thought a lot about it but it is it's a big. You know, big thing to just commit to something that you want to do for the rest of your life. Something in the field of arts, because it's what I love and that's why I'm doing this. But yeah, I've been looking looking around at colleges and such. I still have a little bit of time. It's coming up so quick, but it's gonna yeah, be in very the searching quick. right now. Yeah. What about
1: you, Eddie?
0: Yeah, right now I'm looking at going to college to study to be some sort of economic advisor maybe to like businesses or individuals. I'm not sure yet, but I always say like, I want a job that will still give me time to keep reading and keep writing and keep acting. Cause that's, I do love doing that.
3: Yeah. And then me also, I'm planning on going to college for statistics and sort of math nerd or whatever, which I'm not really sure why I'm into all this theater stuff, but I am and I love it. So that's <laughs> why I'm here.
1: So, that's really interesting because statistics is one of the most difficult fields there is and and you just really like it.
3: Oh yeah, I love statistics.
1: That's cool. I have two friends uh, that actually they don't even know each other that were both double majors in undergraduate and they were math and theater and I always thought that was the strangest combination until I met yet another one of my friends that was Math and theater. So it is possible. I know others that have done so. And you like economics, Patty?
0: I do. I, I like looking at it as like a wide discipline. Like there's psychology involved, there's history involved with economics and like people's behavior, the give and takes, supply and demand. I don't know. I just find it very
1: fascinating. Well, that's very cool. That's very cool. It is very difficult to to be eighteen and be like, "Well, this is what I want to do for the next fifty plus years, but it really isn't the next fifty plus years because it takes you a while to get there. And you can major in one thing that leads to things that you might not even imagine. It's just having that foundation. I know many, many, many people that majored in theater that were snapped up in other businesses and like those just as much and it's because when you have that arts background you have the ability that's now coined to think outside of the box which is true and obviously this project is pushing you to do that isn't it (laughs)
3: Mm -hmm. oh yeah Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) But it is a very good thing when you're looking at colleges. This is a good thing for your application. The fact that you've done this and that you're going to bring it to fruition is is just as important as other aspects. I know that one of our previous Gen Arts kids who's now at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, one of the Gen Arts projects really helped her in her college applications. So keep that in mind as well as you move forward. Yeah, but it's an exciting time. And you're like, if I can get through this night of the bizarre. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so show is going to be on Friday, February 24th at 730. What would you like listeners to know about the show? Shows, it is. I say.
2: As like the title says, it is a night of the bizarre. If you like strange art or you're like, you know about the old Twilight Zone series, you'll probably see a lot of things that you like in this show. It is three not connected scenes. There's a lot of variety in it. It's exciting, though. It's very moody, but also kind of playful and fun and humorous at the same time.
1: We should mention that all of the actors are members of Generation Art. Are they? same group of actors in each in each one act
0: pretty much yeah we swap one or two out some casts are a couple people less but the parts are pretty evenly distributed and we only have about 10 cast members total so
2: (laughs) they have a lot to learn yeah lots of lines and lots of blocking and but it's coming together a lot better than we thought it honestly would because it is it's a really quick like process but it's yeah. been i've been surprised at what the actors have been able to do like line memorization because some of them are just incredible at learning lines for sure
1: and it's quite challenging because you have to remember you now which show is which one act is this one hmm it's it's definitely a challenge. And again, I applaud you for taking it on and driving the bus, so to speak. What else do you want people to know about The Night of the Bazaar?
3: My show specifically leans into the idea of like avant-garde art. And I just pretty much threw everything in the wayside of dialogue and the idea of pushing a point through my writing and seeing how artistic you could be with it. And basically trying to transform the idea of a Twilight Zone episode as far as I could while staying true to the true purpose. And as you go through the show, you'll see that No Way starts as an adaptation of a Twilight Zone episode. And slowly it will inch towards something that's quite a bit different from a normal Twilight Zone episode, but still holds some qualities that are true to the Twilight Zone.
1: What attracted... I mean, the Twilight Zone even I watched as reruns. I can't tell you the dates that it ran, but so it's pretty old and it's way, way, way older than you. What speaks to you about the Twilight
2: Zone? I've been watching the show for like a really long time. It's even since I was like, you know, nine and 10, because my mom would watch the reruns and I was kind of obsessed. I don't know what that says about me. Maybe I'm crazy or something, but I thought that the show was just a lot I thought it was really scary at the time but then you get older and there's a lot of value in that show and it's it ran for so many years there's quite a lot of episodes and some of them are you know cheesy by today's standards but some of them do hold a lot of like artistic value and do teach some lessons in some way that sometimes newer TV doesn't always do I and mean, I always thought it'd be really fascinating to see something with the same like tone as that show because it has a very specific like mood to all those episodes and if we could mm-hmm. we tried to translate that to stage the best we could because I've never seen something really like that on stage
1: what about you too, Annie yeah so I had watched the
0: Twilight Zone filled a little bit with my grandpa and I've been going to school with Noah for a while so his enthusiasm kind of rubbed off I guess and yeah I was just really excited to be invited to be part of this So I tried my hand at writing something a little creepy, a little different than what I normally do, a little dark. But yeah, I think it was a really cool original idea to do a Twilight Zone
1: inspired stage play. Were you familiar with Twilight Zone, Trevor?
3: Yeah, I was pretty familiar. I've watched a few episodes growing up, but very much coming here and being part of Generation Arts and hearing of noise enthusiasm about Twilight Zone sparked my interest into writing something (laughs) that tone
1: yes noah could go into advertising (laughs) especially for the twilight zone Mm -hmm. his enthusiasm was quite was quite obvious (laughs) Mm -hmm. all right is there anything you want to ask me
2: just a big thank you for giving us the (laughs) opportunity to do it here and giving us the location and the stage, and the times, and everything. For sure. It's been, it's been such a good process.
0: Yeah. Well, good, good. I'm so glad. Speaking as someone trying to pick her career, how did you decide that you wanted to do this job?
1: Well, that would be, I fell in love with theater when I was, I was either four or five, I can't remember exactly, and my parents took me to the Lapeer High School production of Annie, Get Your Gun. And it just, they were right there. It was (laughs) so incredible. And, but I never thought, I mean, I just fell in love with theater. and, And that going there and seeing anything live was just so cool. And I got into high school and I was very, very shy. And thought I could never never get on stage, never do any of that. And I needed a ride home from band practice. And a friend said, well, for those that don't know, at Lapeer West, there's no auditorium. So we were using the old high school, White Junior High had an auditorium. So we had to actually travel to the theater. And she said, well, I'll give you a ride home. I'm going to the theater. Do you want to stop? I'm going to help paint scenery. And I was like, okay, sure. And I never never looked back. I started, my first job was to paint a headboard for a play for the spiral staircase. And that was that night that I needed a ride home. And eventually I got brave enough to audition and I was on stage. And then I found out that you could get a degree in theater and that you could like, that could be a job. (laughs) From there, I ended up at Western Michigan University And ended up with a degree in theater design and technical production. From there, I went to the University of Missouri, Kansas City, and got a Master of Fine Arts in scene design and theater production. I worked at a couple of different regional theaters. And then eventually, I landed at Milwaukee Repertory Theater in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. My job there was in the prop shop. I was the graphic and faux finish artist in the prop shop. I was also designing scenery for other theaters in Milwaukee, including Milwaukee Rep. I designed in their smaller space. I did about five designs there. And I did some storefront theater where I was also part of the team to write grants and to help run the theater and bring in the money and decide what shows to do and design the scenery and the job opened up in Lapeer where I was born and raised and the job was to run the theater and the gallery which was brand new because it had just been the theater the gallery hadn't been a part of it that was brand new they didn't even have a name yet the name came when when once I was here and I thought well that would be kind of what a little bit of everything that I've ever done and it would be at home and I could be with my family and my brother and his family are here. My niece is here. She was five at the time. So I applied and there were 35 applicants. I got the job. And so it was, I never knew that I would be running a theater (laughs) hadn't occurred to me or let alone a gallery. If you guys don't know, The building, matter of fact, where you're sitting right now, the whole gallery building was built by my parents. Oh, it was it was a clothing department store. So I grew up there. And (laughs) so the green room, there weren't any of those walls, and it wasn't a separate room, was part of a clothing department store. And the apartments upstairs were also, I mean, it was very different. But yeah, so I've come full circle from where I started, but I was in Milwaukee for 17 years, and I was in Lapeer for 17 years, so those are the two places I've lived the longest, with a few others sprinkled here and there, so that's my very long answer to your question. I didn't know, but here I am, (laughs) but because I grew up in Lapeer, and because all we had was the high school theater, it was really important to me to have a youth theater program and to get some qualified people. And it doesn't mean that high school teachers aren't qualified. They are. But Mary Beth has just such a wealth of knowledge from teaching, but also working professionally. And she has far more film, TV and film experience than I do. We did some when I was in grad school, but so all the pieces have been falling into place and now you're our biggest group ever. Wow. The U's Theater. Yeah. Yeah. It's the biggest it's ever been. So hopefully we can continue to grow. Uh, yeah. It's very, very exciting. Yeah. Anything okay. else? I don't think so. <laughs> Just thanks again. Thanks to you
0: and to Mary Beth and to everyone who hopefully
1: will come. <laughs> All right, well we'll remind them that it is Night of the Bazaar: Three Stories of Mystery and Suspense on Friday, February 24th at 7:30. Admission is free of charge, but we do ask that you reserve your tickets and you can do so by calling 810-664-4824. Again, that's 810-664-4824 to reserve your tickets. Friday, February twenty fourth, night of Bazaar: Three stories of mystery and suspense. Thank you so much.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Pix Podcast. To learn more about upcoming shows and events, visit www.centerfortheartslapier.org.